the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Do you want to create your very own app, but you don't have any programming skills? Well, check out Bravo Studio, the fastest mobile app building platform. Bravo converts your designs into fully native iOS and Android apps without any coding. Learn more at bravostudio.app. That, once again, is bravostudio.app. Want to know what your competitors are up to? Serving as an essential ad and marketing intelligence platform, Social Peta covers advertising data from over 80 global ad networks across 70 countries and regions. And they have more than 300 enterprise clients. You might have heard of a few, including Google, Tencent Games, NetEase Games, and so much more. Learn more by visiting socialpeta.com. That's socialpeta.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to helping you grow your app downloads and, more importantly, those revenues. And welcome to the fam. Noah said it first. So, Noah, how's it going? It is Fridays with AppMasters, and it is a fam, a community that we built here, and I'm super honored to have you guys join. Chris is here. Kate, you got some friends. Joining me today, we're going to talk all about A-B testing ideas, all the things you need to be A-B testing. And we've got a lot of client stories that I can share with you guys as well. And the things that you should be A-B testing that will have the biggest impact. And joining me today, this Friday, is Kate McFarland. She is the Customer Success Manager at Taplytics, an A-B testing platform that's going to really help you A-B test everything you need to A-B test on the web and on mobile. Kate, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Steve. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Did I give a good enough plug Tapletics here? Yeah, yeah, Anything for sure. Add on um, no, I've been at, just a little background myself, I've been at Tapletics for about five years, started in sales and then moved to our professional services arm, so managing and running some of our clients' experimentation programs. And then about two years ago, I moved to customer success. So um, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of different clients from different industries, different digital maturity levels from like financial services to like e-com to quick serve restaurants. So yeah. excited to kind of provide my knowledge um, from all those industries to like the, some of the apps that we're going to be looking at today. Um, but yeah, Tapletics is a kind of digital experience platform focused on A-B testing um, as well as product, just general product optimization. We also um, help clients with feature flagging and things like that. Um, so yeah, excited What's to kind flagging? of go through what we have today. What's feature flagging, right? Yeah, so feature flagging, um, the difference, some, I like to kind of use the um, term canary development to help kind of guide the, explain what feature flagging is. So canary development is basically your feature flagging is a deployment pattern that allows you to roll out net new code or features to a subset of users as initial tests. So kind of background on where canary development, the concept comes from is actually um, back to the 1920s and coal mining miners actually brought caged canaries into coal mines um, because there's high level of toxic gases. So if the canary would die, it would alert miners to evacuate the tunnel immediately. So 
In a similar vein, when you release a feature to a smaller subset of users, those users can act as that canary, um, if you will, providing an early warning if something goes wrong, um, and you can roll back um, that feature or um, anything that you just released to the previous stable version of your app or website. Interesting. I love it. And the history, we thought we were going to talk about apps, so we got a history lesson as well. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Cassis gave me, I want to say hi to a few people. Adrian's here. Adrian, I'm glad you're here because all my dad jokes are about the Irish. So I'm glad you're here, my friend. And then we've got Rudy. Okay, Rudy, we are proceeding now that you're here. Miguel, AB testing time. And then we got Gnonick and then Tony as well. All right, Kate, because you know one of the, the beauties of my job, and you said it too, I love working with all different types of clients and I get to see different types of categories and you really get a sense of what works best. When you're starting to help a client out, are there things and elements you're like, hey, these are the critical things that we should be A-B testing all the time? Yeah, I feel like it really depends, like you said, on the client that you're speaking to and understanding what like their key activation metrics are or if they're experiencing some type of drop off and like a conversion funnel or something like that. It really depends on kind of what type of metrics that um, the client wants to improve on or optimize. So I usually like um, identifying the specific metric by going kind of applying the tried and true pirate like AARRR <laughs> metrics to your product. Um, yeah. So looking at acquisition, activation, retention, referral, and revenue. So like where the drop off is happening in that funnel. And then from there, um, kind of creating experiment ideas or tests, trying to improve that certain metric that falls within those categories. Well, I've been saying this, and you tell me if you disagree with this or not, especially in the app form, we, we found that like the onboarding sequence, the welcome flow, the first few screens that a user experienced. And I looked at your resources in preparation for this live stream. Mm -hmm. A lot of the case studies that you guys have put on the, the website, which I recommend you guys go and check it out, the audience, it talks about the onboarding experience. Like, hey, did this work better? Did this work better? Do you feel find that maybe activation is where you might start because people might be dropping off there and there are things that you can do there? Yeah, for sure. So specifically with onboarding, like it's really important to get that first moment of experience um, for the user like right and really communicate your value prop, what like value the app the user will get from your app. So testing around like copy, uh, the length of onboarding is super important and removing friction points um, in either like getting someone to sign up for a free trial or get actually into the app to start exploring. So onboarding is definitely super, super um, key to get right. So testing around that is super important. But also, like you said, like activation, it's like after they've onboarded, kind of getting them to complete like key activation um, actions within the app um, is super, super important. So guiding that experience and making sure it's clear to users how to use the app and get value of it is kind of where we like to start. Yeah, like you said. I like it. Okay, and speaking of that, Kate, I love to play these little games. So we're gonna play a little game right now with one of the case studies that I grabbed on your guys' website. <laughs> so it's with Today Ticks, and i big fan of the the app and big fan of the service i know a couple of friends who worked at today tick so i was like oh i really wanted to highlight them but if you're looking for broadway seats you know broadway tickets it's a great platform to try to get them out but we're gonna play a game and then they've been testing their onboarding sequence so which onboarding sequence to the audience do you think won a or b and what we're gonna try to guess is in terms of winning which one led to more activations in terms of registrations and more purchases 
So do you think the shorter one, which is A, and the longer one, which is B? Anything you want to add on here, Kate? No, um, it's a really common use case, like other than just to Tatex, like this definitely has been run across like other um, yeah. clients of ours. So excited to see what the like audience today thinks won the winning creation. I'm going to give it a little countdown right here and then say <laughs> hi to a few people. <laughs> Forex is here. Samuel, how's it going? Good to see you. And then Forex is happy to be in here. I know there's a bit of a delay, so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of time on that. The main difference between the two from what I can see is just this screen, save more with rush and lottery tickets. And they kind of talk about that where these two are on here. All right, cool. We got some guesses, Kate. All right, Kate, which one did win? So actually variation B to the team, to our team surprise actually increased registrations and purchases. Um, I think just from my um, like insider of what I believe is like, I think the last like a value prop screen that they presented, um, like the saving more on lottery and rush tickets might've been like really resonated with users of today, the Tatatix app. So um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Cause sometimes we also automatically assume that shorter onboarding experiences remove friction points and make it easier to get into the app. Um, but it was actually the opposite in this case. So just kind of proving out the value of A-B testing and making sure whatever you're putting forward actually um, resonates with the users and they like it. Yeah. And I think one of the things I read from here was they, you know, they were surprised too. We thought shorter, the better, let's get them into it. And I think it speaks mm -hmm. volumes too. And I was just checking this out. I wasn't sure if this was going to happen, but what kind of messaging are you using on your app store screenshots? You know, like I know today ticks their, their model is you can get really good seats, these lotteries, these rush tickets, and that's how they made a name for themselves. And so regurgitating some of that thing maybe here led to that. And the surprising thing was like the registrations, which is good, and then the increase in purchases. So like just mentioning things that you can buy within your app and the savings you'd be able to get, you we saw an increase in conversions. I love this. Yeah. I like this one. The I picked the one this one out too, not only because I'm a fan of today ticks because we have seen that long shorter performs better too. So it's, it is just like all about AV testing and making sure if it's your particular app. Yeah, for sure. And I think it just proves at the point, like even if some AV tests like don't work out and your variation doesn't always win, it's still like validating your design choices, your app, like experience choices to make sure, yeah, it might, what you assume might not actually be true and like what users like. So all yeah, right. cool use case. Later. Let's see who won Samuel. <laughs> and then we got Liz. I think that was it. The good job, Antonio. And then Nara's here. Williams here. Happy to be here. Janok. So you guys got it right. Adrian, good job. And then this Panera Raba. Wrong. <laughs> All right, Kate. All right. Besides the onboarding secrets. <laughs> what are some other things that you feel like? All right, these are low-hanging fruit. These are if we were. Actually, let's start with this because you're like, it really depends on the client. Let's say it's a client that is still trying to find more product market fit. They might not be getting as many downloads as they want. They're still trying to figure out what features. There's a client that comes to mind that I'm working with. He's like, hey, we do this, this, A, B, C, D. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's plenty of apps that do A really well and are making good money. There's plenty of apps that do feature B really well and making good money. Why are you combining all, all these A, B, C, D features how do we find out what's the best feature? So let's say you're just starting out, you're trying to find product market fit. What are some key things that we should be A-B testing? 
Yeah. So I'm going to kind of zoom out a little bit too, instead of like, instead of pinpointing like what specific things you should A-B test, I think, um, I think it's like kind of like follows the path of if it's a new app or existing app, I think if you're able to take a look at your analytics um, and look at even if you're a new app, there's probably like a kind of solid or smaller user base, identifying what your power users are doing. So um, kind of looking at the key actions or things and behavior of like your most loyal users, like what actions they take, what was their onboarding experience like, and figuring out ways to mimic that um, and try and encourage those certain behaviors um, with newer users. So that might be like a really um, loyal user within, for example, I'm going to use like one of our previous clients and someone I worked with like StockX. So for those people who don't know what StockX is, basically it is a um, a sneaker streetwear marketplace. So you get a, like you can place bids on different items that match a seller's ask price and things like that. So when we're like when you're looking at the most loyal users or the most active users, those are people who placed a bid on an item within like a couple days of downloading. They bought something or had over 10 sessions within two weeks, for example. So it's trying to figure out ways to either encourage people to place a bid or do something that's like an activation metric uh, action for you um, and trying to encourage that behavior. So I think if there's a certain feature that you're seeing a lot of traffic on, um, figuring out ways for users who are in your lab store haven't explored that feature um, to do so and trying to figure out ways to optimize that experience or um, yeah, push users to do that. I like that. I was trying to find if there's a case study on there here. But this is, I would highly recommend everybody checking out these resources because I think you can learn a lot. And I was able to pull a lot of different sources from here too. Anything else on that? I love that you talked about, okay, what are your power users? Is there anything else? Like what's the next phase? Okay, after you find it, kind of discovered that, is there anything else that you should be A-B testing? Yeah, so I think... Um when you're starting to think about A-B testing, um, I'm gonna revisit, cause I usually do this a lot, like the pirate metrics and like looking at that funnel. And I think help, instead of like kind of doing a lot of tests that kind of span the gap in terms of targeting, like maybe your onboarding funnel or your checkout experience, like kind of creating and pinpointing and um, really focusing your brainstorming of like ideation around experiment suggestions around a certain metric and maybe a really specific one. So you can see and like measure um, actual impact of that experience specifically on that metric. So um, an example would be like if you guys are trying to increase like cart size for e-commerce or even like grocery apps, like ways to make it easy to add more items, make it easy to easily add suggested items and recommendation things like that. Um, like looking at specific pages and making sure that like you've run down like or written down a lot of different ideas, work with your team to think about different ways you can optimize, like even as small as just one page versus an entire experience. It makes it easier to like really help target your thinking and save time intense instead of trying to tackle a billion things um, within your app. Yeah, and one of the things, so I, what, what I was kind of telling my audience was, hey, the biggest swings in terms of, you know, moving the needle have been the, you said experience, I love that word too, the onboarding experience, and then A-B testing the pricing page. And we've seen, you know, these higher free trial works with the Blinkist model do really well with where A-B testing. We found out this new strategy that I discovered while testing out other apps. And we've been, <clears throat> one of our clients just tested that out and it was like working really well. So I, I love that idea. And I think the pricing page is the next thing that I feel like has the biggest impact on your 
what is it? <laughs> the R, the, the activation, I guess, more the revenue side of things. Is there anything that you guys have seen with working with many clients in terms of like the revenue side of things? Yeah. So for like, we've had a couple of clients who we've done tests around like their subscription page, um, like their free trial page. I think I was watching one of your videos, something similar to you and like how that's presented. Um, so when you guys are doing like different types of gated content or gated app experience or just kind of having like a free trial that's mandatory in order to enter the app, how you display your different pricing options and the different pricing options that are available to users is super important. So how you um, position them, if there's like only two options or three, we've seen some of our users or clients um, test like, I know in one of the apps that we're looking at today, there's only two options to so the free trial or like a yearly or monthly um, plan. Um, we see a lot of success with users who or clients who test like three different options. So you kind of position um, the three options for users and sometimes either the middle or the first um, or even the last one is like the recommended one. So testing like the most value, like little tags on different types of pricing options for users, as well as on pricing pages and subscription pages, it's always important to Maybe they've gone through like a few onboarding screens, like the Today Ticks, right? One that has shows showcases the value prop and the value that users will get out of your app. But they might have it might have escaped them. They might have been not been like paying attention when they're kind of scrolling through those pages. So even on the actual pricing page itself, it's always like a good idea to test um, have having different lengths of value props at the top, or just reminding users when they're selecting a plan what they'll actually get out of it. Oops, <laughs> on okay, I love to pick your brain on this. So one of our clients, they're converting really well, right? Like mm -hmm. we, we typically try to aim for a 5% conversion rate to the trial activation and they're well above that. They're anywhere from eight to 10, but they don't have those three options. And I'm a big fan of those three options because I feel like mm -hmm. when it comes to pricing, we want options. We don't want too many options as buyers, but we do know that options help drive more revenues and more conversions. How do you kind of balance between a client says already really doing well and you're like, but we should still A-B test? Like, if we still feel like it's the right move, should we do it or should we not? How do you kind of decide that? Yeah, I think um, it really depends on kind of your team's bandwidth to like put, create and build like A-B tests. Like sometimes pricing um, tests are kind of difficult to get because you have to coordinate across a lot of different departments, like get approval from like your product team, but also like design as well as like finance, if that's gonna even be a sustainable option for you guys. But I really think like getting pricing right is extremely important too. And like, there's so many ways you can test pricing. So not just only giving like three plan options, but another idea that I'd love to run with one of our subscription clients is kind of have dynamic pricing depending on what actions they take um, in the onboarding process. So some of our clients have like interactive onboarding. I think one of the clients that, or the apps that we're going through today also has is like selecting um, frequency of like reminders to complete an action. So maybe depending on the frequency that they choose, if it's higher, they're gonna want to be in the app a little bit more and are willing to pay more. So having like dynamic and testing different dynamic pricing for different types of users is also like an opportunity other than just having three um, kind of cookie cutter plans available for users as well. Love it. And then Noah asks a question, how would A-B testing work for iOS IAP prices to maximize revenue? Kind of get a sense of what he's yeah. What's IAP prices? Maybe I'm- So in-app purchase, in purchases prices. Oh, in purchase. okay. Yeah. 
So in-app purchases, I feel like, um, again, I feel like it depends on like where you're asking for those in-app purchases. Um, you can do lots of different tests around um, maybe even like how many if they've made one before, um, having like different types of pricing options if you like are purchasing more. So you're benefiting in um, kind of celebrating like super loyal users. So it'd be interesting to test like if they've bought a couple things before, maybe increasing the price or decreasing the price and like thanking your users. I think we've had a couple of tests around that, um, like segmenting to specifically loyal users um, and, and kind of giving them a little discount or seeing if they're mm -hmm. even um, susceptible to a discount, things like that. So, um, and also maybe a, like segmenting a test to users who have never purchased before, have been in the app like a few times, um, but maybe giving them a discount versus like your loyal users. So I think um, getting over the hump of like the first purchase is always the most important. And then you can look at if they've already bought something in app, um, how to get them to buy again and shorten that frequency to, to um, between purchases. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, no, it does. And I love the dynamic pricing. That's something that we actually did test and we've seen good results with that. So <clears throat> I don't want to give away too many secrets, but definitely think about dynamic pricing and how you can, whether it's discount like Kate said, Kate said or other ways to get people back in, it's a great way of doing that. And Noah, I don't know if it's a technical problem that you're asking, but if you're trying to A-B test, Technically, you'll have to create new in-app purchases. That's probably the best way to do it. The downside is it'll show up in your app store listing, but the upside is you can really see which pricing is getting more traction versus the other, which one converts better. And you can see a lot of the big companies will have like different annual prices because then you just know that they've been A-B testing a lot of different annual prices on there too. Okay. Yeah, and if it's like certain feature access too, right? Instead of having like a full plan, maybe it'd be a cool idea to maybe give, um, have like certain prices in-app purchases attached to different features, right? So not yep. getting all of them in one package, but pricing out even separate features and seeing how that res like how that resonates with users. All right, we did it. We did it. She said, "Thank, cool, thank you." <laughs> Good job there. All right, Adrian. Dynamic pricing, that's intriguing. Are there any reference apps we can check out to see this? I don't know if there are any of our current clients who have any active experiments running, but I think like the beauty in dynamic pricing is you won't know if you're in a dynamic pricing test, yeah, right? <laughs> it's all based on like actions you took. So who knows if you're actually in one um, in a certain app, right? Um, but yeah, I'm not really sure. Adrian, I can't, I can't reveal anything. Email me. I will tell you privately, but there's definitely one that you can check out. But the, what I would say is, you know, airlines are very much into this dynamic pricing. And so that's one model. Like if you think of Hopper and all these type of airline type of apps, they're always doing dynamic pricing. I know Calm, I'll just pick on them. The big ones, they, they do a lot of pricing tests and then they do emails to try to get me to, you know, I tell this Calm story where I signed up for their lifetime and I was already on their subscription for about a year. And then I think my next year was about to renew. And I feel like it was, I'm going to assume that they're really smart. And I feel like my year was about to renew and they're like, Hey, you want a really cheap discount on a lifetime? And I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and do that. And so I ended up signing up for their lifetime, but it was through an email campaign and they did all the like the smart things of being like, it's a 48 hour sale, you know, here's your last chance. And I ended up buying on the last day too. So I think that's 
yeah. it's part of the strategy. I mean, it's mentally like, is this guy going to renew or not? Or can we squeeze out mm -hmm. a little bit more? Right. And I paid 150. I think the yearly was 60. So I ended up paying like mm -hmm. two and a half times for the lifetime. Okay. Yeah. So that's super interesting because they probably saw that maybe depending on me during your frequency and like how often you were even in the app, right? Maybe you're gone in there for a lot. Yeah. Yo, it's in there a lot. So yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're rewarding your users, right? So it's pretty cool. Um, and clearly, yeah, yeah if, you could also do other pricing experiments depending on if they haven't been in the app a lot too, right? But they have basically a dormant subscription test around when it's coming around to renewal time, like what, app, like what discounts do you provide to them? That's yeah, cool. it was during a time when I was like trying to meditate every single day. So that's why I was very much. Yeah, routines. Probably during COVID. <laughs> I did that a lot. <laughs> Mohan says, how to drive memberships for long term. So I guess this is more like subscriptions and memberships. Yeah. So I feel like we see a lot of our clients, like even um, maybe they don't necessarily have memberships, but they have every kind of app has like a really I feel like I've talked about this a lot, but like a super loyal like user base or like a segment of users. And so I feel like it's one encouraging actions for usually there's different like tiers of different like activity or loyalty within your user base. So it's identifying like how to move like a lower, like less engaged user into like a more engaged user and kind of testing out different ways to move them up the bands of loyalty, if you will. Um, so I'm going to use like an e-commerce example that's kind of related in terms of creating like super loyal and active and purchasing users was with one of our e-commerce clients. They identified like most loyal users and repeat purchasers are those who actually complete reviews and upload like user generated content. So it's not necessarily like a, a direct conversion metric, but it helped increase like retention, repeat purchases and, and shorten the time in between purchases. So they started creating tests around how to motivate users to complete reviews, like when they're sending push notifications to remind users to fill out a review, optimizing like form pages to make that experience super smooth and easy and seamless. Um, so I think driving memberships for the long term is like identifying um, again, like those key actions are like behaviors that your most loyal segment does and like how they interact with the app and trying encouraging less engaged users or new users to kind of follow that same path right um and also again like rewarding super loyal users with like awesome pricing and discounts to see if they're receptive to that like steven and calm if you have like a serial meditator um, within your app and like you want to kind of keep and motivate that behavior to continue like how do you make that experience awesome for users who are getting so much value to your app right or website I love it. I think it's content, you know, it depends on the app, but I think part of it is also yeah. content, right? Like what value are you continually adding? Is it just a one-time mm -hmm. thing? I think most people, what we found is they're willing to sign up for a subscription, but how do you keep them in there? It's just, you know, you got to keep, that's when the features come in. I think too many times we develop features without activating our users first, thinking that these mm -hmm. new features will activate and maybe the value proposition is not there. But then once you have that yeah. activation, then it's, it's key on keeping them. Yeah, for sure. And if you are developing like new features and new like um, in your capabilities within your app or website, right? Like maybe even giving them being like, hey, you're a super loyal user. We're going to release this new feature. It's like in beta. Like we want you to have like premier access to it. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. You're feature flagging like a net new feature working out kinks, but you're also 
kind of giving your like most loyal like users um, like a beta or like a membership access to some of the new features that you're testing out too, right? Um, so it makes your users feel important, but also it's such a great testing ground for new features and capabilities that you're adding to your app. Hey Kate, say, say we want to work with Taplytics. Is it an SDK that we have to develop? How do we go about getting started? I'm kind of have your pricing pages up right now too. Yeah, there's just, so there's a lot of, we have a lot of different options in terms of like integrations and things like that and implementation um, kind of methods. So we have a lot of different SDKs, both client side. So like iOS, um, Android, React Native, um, JS, um, as well as server side SDKs. So we have like PHP uh, and things like that. So if you're wanting to do more advanced like server side testing, we have that as well. Um, in addition to that, we also have API solutions um, as well. So if you're not looking to install an SDK, you wanna get going. Um, we also have like. Solution as well. Sorry, I lost you. So if you're not looking to <laughs> put in the SDK, then that's where you're at. <laughs> My internet connection. Oh, we also yeah. have API okay. solutions. Oh. Yeah, we're back. We're back. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Yeah, API <laughs> solutions, and then anything else on that end? Yeah, we server side, client side SDKs, API solutions. But yeah, feel free if you guys are interested in like Taplytics, like reach out and we're definitely happy depending on your use case, the size of your app, all that kind of stuff to figure out like what the best implementation strategy um, is for you and how to get started. Kate Mohan says, thank you so much. That was cool. So good job on that end here. Where, do oh, I have something worries. for this? Thanks. Oh, thank you, Mohan. That's so, so nice of you. <laughs> Tired of overpaying for App Store optimization? Get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.